Super Casey here, and you're listening to This Freaking Show. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back with another episode of This Freaking Show. The weekly podcast with a little bit of something and a whole lot of nothing. I'm your host, Travis D, and with me this evening, as always... Awkward Colin and Geekcast Joe, and I am sick. <laughs> this yeah, is, you are. This is, it is so unpleasant. Like, like I, I don't know if I sound normal, but in my mind, I sound like really nasally. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm trying to avoid breathing because I don't want the sound of mucus to rumble through my microphone. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if this is going to make you enjoy the show more or not, but I am going to talk less. <laughs> so, for those of you who don't like hearing me, oh, this is probably be your favorite episode of all times. But uh, <laughs> For those of you who just like know. silence, it's going to be great. It's just going to be a good episode. Yeah, I'm going to utilize the mute button as much as possible so I can sit here and blow my nose and cough and shit without interrupting um our two awesome segments and our interview that we have today with CJ Standall. So uh Oh fuck. I am so lightheaded. My mom fucking brought me this medication from Mexico. Um I'm not sure how I feel about it. <laughs> like I shit you not. Like she brought over dinner <laughs> of like it was like fish and like taco salad and this this weird dessert which is really good but basically all it was was like cherry jello and cream cheese or no i'm sorry cherry jello and whipped cream Ooh. it was really good but she brought me this fucking medicine and i'm fucking reading this thing i'm like where's the american label on this <laughs> and she's like oh it's from mexico i'm like i don't know if i want to put that in my body <laughs> So I uh, I googled it and I was reading the info on it and it's goofy how you could take a pill that'll help like relieve like chest congestion and like help you like breathe better, mm-hmm. but there's a good chance you're gonna end up with bloody diarrhea and yellow eyes. <laughs> You just Sorry, gotta choose, like, man. You just gotta choose. I know. It's like, do I want to breathe or do I want to look like a crackhead? I mean, because the last thing I want is yellow fucking eyes. I mean, I'll take the bloody stool. I mean, like, I, I, I've shit my life, and I know there have been times where some of it was a little rough. So, I mean, I can live with, with you know, blood poo. I really can't deal with that fucking yellow eye bullshit. I look like the, uh, the demon from Supernatural. Mm-hmm. Just get yourself some clear eyes or some Visine. I don't think that fucking... What, what, what is that called? So what's that fucking yellow eye thing called? Jaundice. 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 There we go. I was going to say ganja, but I think that's a... That's, term that's weed. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, my, That's definitely not it. But yeah, so I don't think like eye drops cures that. Fair. But I took the meds. Um, we'll see how it goes. It was weird, though, because I think psychologically my mind was fucking with me because as soon as I took it, within, like, 30 seconds, my fucking chest started hurting and my fucking stomach was bothering me and I felt lightheaded. And I'm like, come on. It didn't have time to fucking dissolve in your system. So <laughs> yeah, I think, 
I think my body is starting to bitch. I'm not. I'm not a med guy by any means. Like mm. I'm in no way a med guy. Like when I got my wisdom teeth out and shit like that, I did not take Vicodin whatsoever. Mm. None whatsoever because I, 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 I can't do that shit. You know, people OD for a reason. And uh, I know I won't do it. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm careful when it comes to meds. I've probably t- I know I've taken Vicodin before, but I'm just not a Vicodin guy. I'm not one of those like painkiller guys. I'll take some ibuprofen here and there, and you know, fucking Dayquil, Nyquil, and shit like that. But when it comes to like, like, like the strong, yeah, the strong ibuprofen and like the actual Vicodin and like amoxicillin, the fucking big ass shit, like it's questionable to me because. I've never taken it before. I don't know how my body's going to react to it. Mm. And also mentioned something on this fucking med about having an allergy to, uh, uh, what the fuck, penicillin? Oh, allergies uh-huh. or some shit that? Yeah. I don't know if I've ever taken penicillin in my life. No Ooh. fucking clue. I don't know, but I took, the, I took the med, and that was probably about two hours ago. So, I mean, so far, I'm still good, so I'm assuming nothing happened. Yeah, yeah. No, you're probably fine. Um, my grandma reckoned me recommended me getting a flu shot but why you know yeah i heard the flu shot's not very good this year anyway uh, i heard all it does is destroy your immune system anyway that makes it rely on it in the future so i really don't have an an urge to fucking get it yeah that's not true but anyway it could be true it's not okay, true. not be true okay not be true the whole point of a vaccine is that it puts it creates an immunity in your body, but the problem is, is it creates an immunity against a specific strain of the flu virus. And there are so many strains of flu virus that it just doesn't, it's not always effective. Vaccines can't destroy your immune system unless you have a medical condition that would cause the vaccine to destroy your immune system. But the odds not, of that are like I'm not, astronomically low. I'm not saying I'm not saying the vaccine is going to destroy your immune system. I'm saying that your body may become reliant on having that vaccine when you keep putting it in your body. It's like smoking. It's with nicotine. Show that when you take nicotine away from your body, your body starts going through withdrawals on it. And that's the same thing with medication. That's why people who get addicted to Tylenol and shit like that. And that's the same thing with a flu shot that you put that chemical into your body. And also, your body starts relying on that. Nah. And if it's gone, you don't do it again. Nope. Nope. What no. it does is it puts it puts a weakened version of whatever virus is, it is so that your body can really easily beat it up. And then your body will from then on recognize that virus or for a specific length of time. So like the like uh, uh, there's that vaccine you have to get before you go to college or whatever for um, like hepatitis C. That is only good for about 10 years if you don't get hepatitis. Um, all, all it does is it, it, it basically creates a, a, your, an ability for your body to recognize security threats. Uh, so it's not, it's not like something that can be, you can build up a tolerance to. It's just something that it helps your yeah, body I'm, recognize I'm not, threats. I'm not saying a tolerance. I'm saying withdrawal. Oh, no, there's no, there's no possibility of that either. I'm going to look it up because I could have sworn I heard something about that shit. Nah, the people who say things like that are wackadoos and should not be allowed on the internet. I don't think it was the internet, though. (laughs) I don't think it was the internet. Most people shouldn't be allowed on the internet. That's true. That's true. I probably shouldn't be allowed on the internet. I'm going to look it up. I'm going to find it. I'll send it your way. I'll prove you wrong. Please do. I'm 
It's because this is my life, and I know I'm not wrong. I'm always not. willing to dispel <laughs> vax anti-vaxxers. I'm not anti-vaccine. No, I, I know. I'm just, the, but the people who are probably telling you about that article probably are. I don't think it was so much them telling me that is what does. I think they just implied it to me based on knowledge of everything else. I don't want to use the word implied because that sounds false. But I think it was just like a random conversation thing, like, you know, the whole thing, blah, 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 blah. But anyways, gotcha. I mean, that's, that's a conversation for a different day. Yeah, that's fair. We got we to gotta get CJ on here. We do, so. and he's ready to go whenever we uh, want him. Awesome. Let's uh, plug a podcast and come back with CJ. Looking for a podcast to listen to? Look up Geek Dick Pod. They've got comics, movies, music, video games, tech, or whatever your geeky little heart desires. Look them up at geekdigpod.com, on Instagram or Twitter at geekdigpod, on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, The Satchel Player, or Player FM. The Geek Dig Podcast is part of the Tangent Bound, BS Podcast Network, and the We Be Geeks Network. All right, and we're back with our uh, good friend of the show, CJ Standall. Welcome back, buddy. Thanks for having me back, guys. Uh, I'm really excited to be back. It's just been a long time. I know that that's kind of due to me to the just how long this last issue uh, took to come out, but hopefully it's been worth the wait. Yeah, no, it's been great. We're on issue five, if I'm uh, remembering correctly. Yes, you are correct. And, uh, yep, hard at work on issue six. But, yeah, issue five was just released a couple weeks ago. Um, I think it's, I mean, you never know when you're the one creating it, but I think it's getting better and better. I think I'm better at uh, juggling all the multiple characters and just kind of getting quicker and to the point for each uh, little plot point. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. And uh, I love the way, um, you know, in the first couple of, of issues, because you hadn't introduced a whole lot of characters, the whole issue was taken by one character. And as you've yep. introduced more and more characters, we're starting to see how all their storylines interact in the present and how they interact in the past. Yep, and that's always been kind of the plan to just kind of start get, getting uh, more and more glimpses, uh, little sneak peeks at yeah that those past connections, those present plots, and hopefully it just keeps people guessing at what's going on in the future. But yeah, that's definitely something. I've also been re-lettering um, all of the past issues, uh, just getting prepared for once the sixth issue's out, I'm going to actually have a printed graphic novel collection. And so I was kind of re-lettering all that stuff. And just, yeah, exactly what you were saying was something I was really noticing. I guess I knew it, but it's something in the eight months or however long since that la- I wrote that issue. Uh, it's just something that it fades with time. And then since I've been re-lettering it, it's like, oh, yeah, issue one was pretty much all Marcus and issue two a little Marcus, but just pretty much all Hunter. And now we're kind of seeing hopefully yeah, a little bit more of a delicate balancing act between the characters. And just hopefully that makes it more exciting and uh, uh, relatable for everybody. Absolutely. And I, I love how um, in this one especially I noticed you you would come up to – um, a, a seemingly significant flop, plot point, and then jump to a different character. Yep. You yeah. Know, it's it's very. That... I've said this before. I think it's very like watching a TV show. Yeah. Thank you. And that is kind of. I think uh, I've mentioned it before, but that I've made the choice, for instance, not to have like any inner monologue, inner inner narration. That's partly because I did want to kind of emulate that feel of a show of a movie, uh, because I just think with a suspense uh, thriller, with all the mysteries. 
having an inner monologue in many ways can ruin that, ruin the surprise uh, and that sense of suspense. And so that was always something I tried to, I've been working on for this this uh, this series is just yeah really making it feel filmic, making it just have a lot of room for interpretation. Then because of that and more suspense because of that. Uh, I've got some ideas for future series past Rebirth of the Gangster, and I think I'd be getting a little away from that. I would like in my next series to experiment a little with like inner inner narration, inner monologue of the main character. But I'm really happy with the way it's working out for this specific story to not have that. Yeah, absolutely. And I love uh, – if there's a character that I kind of wish we had an inner monologue for, it would be Linda. But I yep. kind of love that we don't have that. Uh, her her actions speak so loudly, I think that even even as I'm sitting here going, okay, what's she thinking? I'm also going, okay, I know exactly what she's thinking because yeah. you know. Yeah, exactly. I know what you're saying, and I think uh, you I think you hit the nail on the head where you said essentially like her actions speak louder than any sort of narration would, and I think that the just one of the nice benefits of choosing not to have narration is to focus more on I have to really show what they're thinking it's that I mean it's that old adage of show don't tell and I think when you have that narration it's easy to just fall back on I'm going to tell um, and then it ke- makes it a little less engaging a little less suspenseful a little less uh, just um, exciting and so yeah hopefully especially yeah since this la- most recent issue did focus on Linda and really we, we showed kind of a new part of her character and some new actions that really I think yeah, I think that is it, – it would be interesting to get into her head, but then, I, I, yeah, I think then we'd be kind of robbed of the, the ability to kind of view the other characters in the same way or the same with the same weight. Right, absolutely. And, and, and that's another thing where I think um, uh, your illustrator is just tremendous. You oh, know, yeah. I think, well, I think a lesser artist would not be able to capture that inner monologue visually. Yep, and I do know that I, like there are definitely. I mean, he's he's awesome, and I'm not trying to take any credit away from him and <laughs> what I'm about to say. But I do also in the script kind of put like this is what they're thinking, but this is how they're trying to. Well, this is what they're actually showing to the world, or or that kind of thing. Um, and I just really do try to give like I guess like almost actors type of notes or actors type mm-hmm. of descriptions. And so I think part of it is from starts from that that uh that part of the script but definitely juan takes it makes it even better he's uh just he's really incredible i mean i think we're also really clicking starting to really feel like as a a really good solid uh collaborating team i know the first like issue or two he pretty much would just go right with what i wrote in the script the same layout same uh panel size that type of stuff and i know the last couple of issues we've he's been um just experimenting a little more kind of going away from my script for always better uh, better results. And that was something I always kind of wanted him to do. I know the first script I always did say, if you have a better idea, run with it. And he, I guess maybe just because we both weren't used to each other and kind of just getting a feel for the story and the characters, he didn't really do that as much at, to begin with. But now he's really started doing that. And I think that also does kind of carry over into having a more authentic, strong sense of the characters, uh, like the way they act so that we can really see it, like you're saying, what, the, what we can see what they're thinking, uh, even if they're not saying it, just by kind of the, their facial expressions, their actions, whatever else they're doing. Right. Well, and, and the context of the story, too. Like, I'm, I'm going back through this uh, fairly quickly, so it's, it may not be uh, as directly this as, as I think, but I noticed there's a, a loose, chiastic structure uh, in this issue where we sort of, we see at the beginning 
Linda in one situation, and by the end of the the issue, she's almost back in that situation years later. Yep. Yeah, and I guess that was always. I think there, that that this issue does have the best kind of almost character arc uh, with Linda in that sense of starting her one place, taking her on a journey um, that kind of gets her away from it, but then comes back to it, and that's something we I think that. Uh, that we haven't quite seen as much of that neat or that like complete of a, a, a structure or, or a character arc. Um, so I'm glad you're noticing it. I'd, um, I think part of it was intentional, but part of it, like I'm finding with each issue is just that sometimes just magic happens and something that I've mm. written just kind of clicks and it was maybe instinctual or unconscious, but sometimes it's just, yeah, I, I haven't even thought of it consciously and then it just clicks. So I think that's something that was kind of working on both levels. I always, I did kind of want to have a little symmetry in that sense, but I guess it it didn't really. When I was writing the script, may, click maybe when I was outlining the script, but when I was actually like writing the individual panels and all that stuff, it didn't click. So that's pretty mm. cool mm-hmm. that you're noticing that, and that it's maybe even stronger than I intended, which is always I think a, a nice result. Yeah, and I, I need to go back and look more closely at it to see if it holds up all the way through the the whole issue. But sure. Um. Uh. Yeah, and that's that's really fantastic, and so. What I'm actually curious about is Linda going to play a bigger role? Like, is she, is she a main character like some of the other ones we've already met? Or is yeah, she, she going is. to be? She is. Okay. She is. I mean, I still do think of Marcus, Hunter, and Lorena as kind of the core trifecta of this, uh, or a trio of this of story. But I do think that Andrea, Linda, and then the sixth issue focuses on this other character, Dennis. They're kind of like the the. They're still also the main characters, and they do get heavily involved, uh, especially in the next couple sto- or in the second and third story arcs. Especially with Dennis, um, Andrea, and Linda are always going to be completely through the whole thing. But uh, Dennis is time to shine is essentially coming up in issue six, and then kind of through the middle of the story. But yeah, Linda and Andrea are really kind of just they're gaining in prominence, and that's how that was always kind of my intention. Um, I do think maybe if I could go back and change things, I would maybe start focusing on them a little more, uh, partly just because I think their stories and characters are interesting, but partly also I think the past couple issues writing some female characters as the uh, like the point of view characters, the focus characters has been really cool. And so I kind of wish I'd maybe balance that out a little bit more to begin with. But um, I am excited with how strong they're coming on. And it just I think the more that I write them, the more that they kind of take on a life of their own and and the bigger they're going to become to this story than even I'm originally planning. Gotcha. Yeah. What I was, what I was wondering about was because her story arc was so strong and so, um, I guess, well, well done. It was, it was very well contained. That's the word I'm looking for within this issue. Um, and the other ones that it seems like there's a lot of setup for, um, for issues down the line from them. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, taking Marcus's, for example, you can see some of the stuff, uh, even in this issue, that's referring back to events that happened in issue one. And yep. so that, that's why I was wondering if she was uh, le- slightly less of a main character than Marcus and Hunter and Lorena, um, just because her story arc is so neatly contained within this, or if it was yeah. just something that happened because um, you're getting better as you go. I think uh, it's mainly I'm just getting I'm getting better as I go, and I also think one of the things that e- with each issue I've kind of given more into the impulse to oh I've got to start speeding things up, start making more and more things happening, and I think with the first couple issues since I had this whole uh, series in mind, I kind of was okay with 
I'll just plant some seeds here. But then the more that I got into it, the more I realized, oh, I want to make each issue have be like have more bang for the buck, uh, have more of a self-contained story, and really get things moving quicker. And I think mm-hmm. uh, that's just something uh, that's something that I've been consciously focusing on. And somehow, even though there are more characters, I think I've been able to make more stuff happen for one single character in a in a, an issue, like with Linda, like with Andrea in the past one. Um, and I think that is just, uh, I mean, like anything, the more you do, the more you learn. Right. Uh, I know that I've been, I've been living with a story even before we, I wrote the first script for, for about a year and a half to two years now. And so I th- also some of it is it just, they, the more that those, the story and the characters kind of percolate, the more that I think opportunities like these just uh, throw them or throw themselves at my feet kind of thing. Gotcha. Absolutely. And that's, that's very cool. And, and honestly, I think the pacing, uh, moving from sort of a slowly, let's get to know people into a, uh, not quite breakneck pace is, is, is going to be nice. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's been great to read it so far. I can't imagine that it's going to get worse as it goes forward, you know? And, and I think if someone were to just pick this up somewhere down the line and, and look at issue one, uh, I, I don't think that by any means say it starts slow. Yeah, so. I think it's just I kind of equate it more to a, a, like a book, and that the first chapter is maybe not as as quickly paced as other chapters, but it's still laying a lot of groundwork. And and really, the also when you go back, you actually see that a lot more was going on than you really than you really noticed in the first or the first go through. And so that's I think a lot of what I was intending. So I had always in, wanted to kind of start with that slower pace to build some exposition, build the theme, and just really lay a lot of groundwork. Um, and, but I also do think that I, I still was trying to focus on how to make each issue really self-contained and strong. It's just getting better and better as we go. Right, absolutely. And that, that definitely comes across. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, you're, you're welcome. Um, now, in, in, in your our emailing back and forth, you mentioned that 14 pages of issue 3 are going to be in the Alterna Comics 2017 IF anthology. Yes. Uh, so <laughs> I, so this is something, I mean, I, uh, to be honest, I hadn't really heard of uh, the IF anthology before submitting for it. I've heard of Alterna Comics, of course, um, and I read some of their stuff, and I've always liked it. I've always liked how they're, they seem to be a good home for especially indie, indie, care, or indie creators um, who are starting to make a name for themselves and all that sort of stuff. But really, it was just more... Um, the beginning of the year, I was just kind of resending out some submissions to all sorts of comic companies. Um, partly Rebirth of Gangster, partly uh, I, Juan and I worked on another pitch. I, th- I think I maybe mentioned it the last time we talked called The Others Behind the Wall. That's ac- That was actually part of the reason that the fifth issue came, uh, took so long to go, is that we kind of took <coughs> a tour to set up this other pitch. Um, no bites yet for that one, but, but long story short, I guess, is that I was kind of sending out all these uh, submissions, and then I just... I submitted the the series itself to Alternal Comics, and then they also had another tab for the anthology. And just the like perfect um, coincidence is that the anthology they do a different genre, a different theme each year. So this theme, this this genre this year is crime, and so I just like was wow, that's perfect. And so I I kind of looked at their requirements and found out that I did need to do something more self-contained. So essentially I looked for through for the for the issue that I thought was the most self-contained. Uh, issue 5 wasn't quite complete at that point yet. Maybe that would have been the best one to do. Um, but yeah, 3 was at that point the best the most self-contained one and so I took out the 
the pages that really were about the bigger story and about characters outside of Lorena and Hunter, since mm. that's kind of the main focus of that issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just submitted it to them, and that was back in January, February, something like that. And so for, yeah, about three months, I hear nothing until maybe a week, two weeks ago, they got back to me, said they'd, they'd love to publish it, and I needed to make some small tweaks just because they do a little different size. Um, they're going to be printing at a different size than I had originally planned, and so I needed to tweak the lettering, resize the the, the files themselves. Um, but yeah, I just sent the final copy yesterday. I know June is when we're kind of finalizing ba- or finalizing what we're doing the start of the first week of June, and then from that point, it's going to be published. So that's super exciting. That's I mean, that's that's really the dream. I've been self-publishing this for the last year, and that's already been super fulfilling. But it's going to be really cool to see that a publisher was so so interested in it that they just trusted me enough and were um, supportive enough to include it in their publication. And so that'll be really cool. I've I've never held a like a printed version of my comic yet. Yeah, that'll be amazing. The, I'm sure. Yeah, it's going to be cool. I've held proofs just because I've been trying to – I've been seeing what I needed to do to make sure that when I print this, the first graphic novel, if there was any tweaks I needed to make along the way. Um, but, yeah, it's, a proof is something different from right. this company invested in me and that type of stuff. Right. Yeah, I totally understand that. That's awesome. I'm. That's – congratulations. Thank you, yeah, and I think you guys have been some of my biggest backers and supporters the whole time through, so I know that without your guys' support and kind of just your positive feedback, I have no idea if I would have kept going on this road. Uh, I do have the story to tell, but obviously self-publishing is a huge undertaking, especially when um, you're pay- when I'm paying Juan uh, kind of ahead of, the- ahead of it, um, right. and so yeah, it's just – yeah, it's it's one of those things that's so much work, way more work than I would have thought, and just also kind of a financial investment, and I don't know if I would have kind of kept going with it if it wasn't for support from guys like you and just some of the other positive feedback I've gotten. So I, I really – I'm excited about it, but I also think that some of – again, yeah, your support is kind of what put me in this spot to begin with, so thank you guys. Well, you're welcome, of course. That's any, – mm-hmm. anything we can do to support people. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. Let's see. Um, what was I gonna? I feel like I was gonna ask you something else about this. No, I think you covered it. <laughs> sure. Yep. And uh, if you probably had asked me something else, I probably wouldn't have known, because uh, this is yeah all new, and I don't. I only. I only know actually one other creator, and that's actually just because we kind of connected over Facebook after we both announced it, and uh, he kind of just friended me. So I I know like very little about it other than that I'm involved, and that's cool. <laughs> gotcha. Fantastic. I do. I am curious, uh, and and maybe you don't know, but um, uh, does so the the anthology submissions for Alterna Comics do they? Is it sort of like a way for them to gauge who they might pick up, or is um, it? Um, I'm not so sure I guess I don't. This. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I guess I don't really know for sure. That seems to make sense to me that it is kind of. Um, yeah, like a way for, of testing the waters of uh, if they get a really good feedback for one, one story, one uh, creative team, something like that, that they kind of sign them up. I've never had – they haven't explicitly said something like that to me, but it would make sense. I think that was kind of the – in the old days, that's the kind of like the miniseries game where they would right. – where any publisher would run miniseries and then hope, oh, yeah, there was enough interest to make it a regular thing. And so maybe 
this is kind of that new uh, wave or new new way of trying of doing the same type of thing just with an anthology instead of miniseries. Again, I'm I, it makes sense. They haven't told me that, but right. yeah, I yeah. think it. Yeah. Why would why else would they be? Or what, what else would they be looking for with this um, anthology other than maybe some feedback on what to publish in the future? Right. And obviously success with the anthology. But Right, absolutely. So Well, and, and I think uh, comic books right now are... Uh, the market is saturated in lots of ways. Yep. And so mm-hmm. maybe where uh, they might normally in the past have done something similar to a um, like a literary magazine or something like that where you might publish a short story... Or whatever, maybe they do anthologies as a way to. Uh, that's like, like the analogous uh, thing to comic books, as to like a literary magazine for uh, uh, publishing short stories or something. Yep, that totally so, makes sense. I don't know. I'm, yeah, I'm curious about it. The whole process fascinates me. So any any light that you can shine, and you've shown a lot on it. So. Yep, and uh, I'm sure the next time I come back on, I'll be able to share even more. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, cool. They're on Amazon and Comixology. Yep, they are. Um, we're talking Rebirth of Gangster, right? Not just the Alterna Comics. Uh, cur- currently, I'm on the Alterna Comics uh, oh, webpage okay, yep. looking at the, the anthology submissions. Sure, okay. Yep, that's cool. Um, so, Rebirth yes, of Gangster you, is also on Amazon and Comixology, but yeah. <laughs> right, absolutely. And uh, listeners, if you haven't bought it yet, go do that. Stop listening right now and just yep. go, go do that. Um, and the best price, the best bargain is on Amazon. You can actually get the whole series, uh, uh, a bundle pack of the whole series so far for, I think it's about 60% off, something like that. So it's the best bargain to just bundle it together like that. So yeah, check it out there. Uh, if people don't like Amazon, there is always Comixology as another option. Mm-hmm. Comixology is good too. So um, when, let's see. So you're you're start working on your sixth issue. Yep. And I know I ask this question every time, but it's uh, because my brain doesn't hold certain types of details <laughs> in my head. What what is the the end arc point? Is it twelve issues for no, this first so, main arc? Um. So the first main arc is actually ending with the sixth issue. So oh, that's okay. the end of Meet the Family, the first story arc, uh, and then we'll have three more story arcs after that uh, for a total of twenty four issues. Gotcha, gotcha, and then that's when it'll be a volume. Yep, a whole thing, um, a whole volume. I am gonna with each story arc though, um, release a a, like a trade paperback of that individual story arc. But once they're all done, yeah, I would like to collect it in a big omnibus, um, almost like an absolute edition, that type of thing. Gotcha, excellent. I really look forward to that. Yeah, I I do too. It's coming up a little bit more slowly than I'd like, but I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, right. <laughs> absolutely. Let's see. So and so the next story is going to be Dennis. Yep. And um, so we oh, go ahead. we briefly met him in the fifth issue. Um, there wasn't a huge focus, but it was really more just kind of planting the seed for the sixth issue. Um, so after he after Hunter talked to Randy. Um, He's leaving the prison, and then he kind of bumps into Dennis and says, like, oh, yeah, I forgot you were here, that type of thing. Um, so we know that there there's some history, like almost all of our characters, there's some history, some past relationship between these two. And the next issue is going to kind of explore that a little bit more, but also kind of really um, delve into the question of Dennis is getting out of prison. Uh, and he kind of wa- he wants to walk the straight and narrow, but there are a lot of obstacles in his way, and he the question is whether he's going to 
be able to do that or get sucked back into this um, this life of crime partly mm. through Hunter's doing. Gotcha. Yeah, and there's I I love the glance over his shoulder back at Hunter. You know, uh, me looking at it is it now that you've said that. It's not just, you know, uh, just reading it in the first place and going, oh, is this revenge? Is this distrust? Is it, you know, what's what does this look mean? And you've just added a, a whole other layer to it of, yeah you know, is he uh, is he trying to get me back into something I don't want to get into? Is he trustworthy? Um, yeah, that's I, mainly where that's that's mainly where I was aiming for that. But uh since we obviously didn't know the whole story, yeah, it was also really open to interpretation. And I think that's also something uh, that the more issues I've released, I've found that that actually happens, that I've intended one thing because I know where it's going, but then readers totally take it a different way. Even my, my girlfriend, she actually doesn't read the scripts or anything like that, so mm-hmm. she'll read an issue actually once it's done, and she'll be like, wow, I totally thought you were going this way, and then this it, it, it zigged and when it should have zagged, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, well, and that's so yeah, I also, good stuff. That's also stuff I plant in the hopes that when people reread it, there's more value because of that. Right, absolutely. Yeah, that's fantastic. I, man, I love what you do. I'm always very excited about it, and I'm always excited to hear your take on your stuff. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've had plenty of time to think about it. That's the uh, the only. I guess the downside of how great Juan is that this is that he obviously he takes a, a little time to create this great work, and so I then have even more time to kind of go over it in my head, mm-hmm. which is I think cool, but it's also uh, I'm always ready for another issue. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So wait. So you uh, you wait to start the next issue until you have the the final copy of the whatever Juan finishes. Or... No, I don't necessarily wait to start the next next issue. Um, so, for instance, we're not uh, we're still. Uh, I've written the script for the sixth issue, and Juan's maybe about twelve uh, to fourteen pages done with it. So he's gotcha. pretty far in, but he's still got a little ways to go. And I've already started breaking down and outlining the seventh issue. Um, I know that this week at some point I'm going to actually start scripting it. So it's it's kind of it is more of a fluid process, or uh, uh, like I guess. Um, yeah, I kind of just yeah. right when I have the time. I do think if he was a little bit faster, that would kind of put the fire under my under my seat and make me write a little bit little bit faster. So it's not that I ever take breaks or stop. Gotcha. But I do think if the art was kind of coming up through a little bit quicker, I would be able to write quicker and um, gotcha. get it done. That being said, though, I think having the time. I think having the time does make it better. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, fantastic. Well, um, I'm out of questions. Travis, do you have uh, five questions to ask him? Yeah, CJ, uh, what we started doing with um, our guests that we have come on, which, by the way, thank you so much for coming on. And again, congratulations. Absolutely. Congratulations with the comic book, man, because it's awesome. Um, I have not... I can honestly say I've not been disappointed in one of your comics yet, and I don't see me being disappointed in anyone in the future. So, great job glad on what you're hear, doing, man. Glad to hear that. That does kind of put the pressure on a little bit, but... but <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it, I mean, it should, man, because I'm not a comic book guy, but you're selling me on it, which is really good. 
Oh, glad to hear it. Yeah. And that's uh, I've I have heard that feedback from a lot of people too. Yeah. Um, just because I think it is that filmic quality we've mentioned before. Mm-hmm. I think that's a, it makes it a little more accessible to people, um, especially if they're not super familiar with comics, or even if they're familiar, they're just not really into them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, because I mean, I've I've never been huge into comics, but I mean, up until like when we started doing like this podcast and. You know, the Marvel, like, movies that are coming out and kind of get me more into that kind of, uh, that world of, you know, comic books and movies and stuff like that. So I never thought I'd ever be interested in a comic, and you completely changed that for me. So that's all on you, man. All right. Wow. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. Absolutely. (laughs) So definitely keep it up. Definitely keep it going. But we try doing it with our new guests and everything. Not new guests, but our guests is we're trying to do new with our guests. Is we're just going to ask them five random questions. It's, uh... It's just like a small little segment called Just Freaking Curious. And it's just five random questions. Just getting to know a little bit more about you. Sure. Sounds good. Awesome. So the first question, cool. So the first question I got for you is uh, what's uh, your favorite like food, favorite supper? Like if you could have like a last meal, what would that meal be? Whew. So I'm a pretty simple guy. Um there is this Russian dumpling place um, kind of downtown near me, and they just make meat and potato Russian dumplings with, like, curry powder and a bunch of other spices, and that would be my go-to. That's just – it's nothing super fancy, but it's it, – it never disappoints, much like my comic. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. Um, if there was one celebrity that you could spend a day with, who would it be and why? Whew. All right, so – Huh. I think if if we could like go to back in time, I would love to hang out with Paul Newman. Um, okay. I know he's Good he's answer. dead now, but uh, it's just I think the the one I just love his movies. He's obviously an incredible actor. Uh, has a lot of range. Um, is able to do a lot of drama, comedies, that type of stuff. But I also do really have a lot of respect for him just as man, um, just some of the charitable things he's been doing, just that he's also super passionate um, about – or he was always super passionate about uh, driving and just be, and just never really hiding who he was, just being really authentic. Um, and I know that for the longest time on my Facebook wall, I had some quote from him that was something along the lines of, like, we all need to be farmers and give back. Um, uh, we all need to be farmers and give back. Uh, just like a farmer gives back to the land and, and lets mm-hmm. things grow. Um, and he says something like, I'm not running for sainthood, but I want to do what I can. And so I think there's just a lot of his kind of philosophy that, that I love about him. In addition to, I mean, he's he's made, obviously, many cinematic masterpieces. I got you. I got you. Well, to kind of stay on topic then when it comes to movies and everything, what's your all-time favorite movie? Oh, that's always a tough one. I mean, whew. that's and it it kind of varies i guess by age Mm -hmm. i'm really trying to reflect on this i think that it's hard to say say uh anything other than like the godfather part two just because that's always that's just that that never gets old and it's always just incredible um Mm -hmm. so yeah i guess that's my go-to the godfather part two (laughs) That's a good one. I, mean, absolutely. Yeah. I hear a lot of people aren't a big fan of the third one, though. Yeah. <laughs> one of my college roommates was one of those, too. And oh. we, never, we never quite got along on that. But <laughs> <laughs> I got you. I got you. Okay. Uh, guilty Pleasure song. The kind of song that you love listening to, but not many people know that you enjoy it too much. 
Ooh, all right. Well, I'm trying to think of a more contemporary one. I like like Call Me Maybe, but that's a long time ago. But let's just go with that. That's a that's a fun song. It gets makes me want to move that type of thing. Yeah, nah, I dig it. I listened to that song a lot my senior year. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, I I haven't listened to it in a long time, but that would be one of the... I remember that as one of those songs where I would like it, but not quite show as much how much I would like it. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Uh, Last question I have for you. Uh, If you could have a dream vacation to anywhere in the world, where would it be and why? So, I think... I would actually be really interested in going to like Norway, Sweden, uh, just because partly because that's um, I'm heavily Scandinavian. And so I just would be really interested in kind of reconnecting, I guess, with my ancestral roots. I did also take a year of Norwegian in college, so it would be interesting to try to dust that off and uh, <laughs> and make that work. Why I took that is a whole another story. It's, it actually was not something <laughs> that I was super ever interested in, but then it just kind of was a whim. But, um, but yeah, that. I think that would be the, the the answer I would say, just because it's it is kind of unique and it's also like I, it's not like like I'd love to go Paris or to Paris or London or something mm-hmm. like that, but I just feel like um, my personal connection and just the unique nature of it that would be really cool to go to yeah this just Scandinavia in general. Yeah, that's a good answer, man. That's awesome. All right. Um, well, uh, real quick, do you just want to tell everyone where they can find you on social media and all that. Yeah, thanks. So uh, you can find me, my my go-to website is cjstandleproductions.com. Um, that's the website for me, but also for my, my publication company that I self-publish Rebirth of Gangster with. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at cj underscore standle um, or just friend me on Facebook at, uh, with cj standle. Um, and then other than that, I if anybody would ever like to reach out to me, they can contact me at cjstandle at gmail.com. Um, so those are pretty much the go-tos. I have like Instagram stuff like that, but nobody really follows me on that, and I don't really do much with it. Either. Oh yeah, we're just the same way with Instagram. Like we have it, but I mean it's not really utilized too much. Yeah. It's... So I mean it's yeah. But thank you again for coming on. Uh, it's always a joy to talk with you. It's always a joy to uh, view these comics that are uh, you you are creating. It's an amazing time, and thank you so much. Yeah, thanks again. Thanks for the compliments. Thanks for having me on. It's always a pleasure to come back. Um, I'll let you guys know when the sixth issue is done, which shouldn't be coming up. shouldn't be too too long in the future. So, yeah, hopefully I come back on, We uh, and it's not going to be quite as long of a break, a hiatus, uh, like we had between the last one and this one. Absolutely. You let us know, man. We'll love to have you back. Definitely. Thanks. And then yeah. hopefully I have a little more uh, more details and insight on that That. And if anthology, uh, <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Comics. Yep, that'd be cool. Yeah, keep us updated, man. And uh, yeah, you take care. Definitely, you too. Thanks. Yep. Oh, it's always good to talk to CJ. Absolutely. Yeah. I say uh, absolutely Joey, too thanks. Much, thanks to Rob. Anyway. <laughs> Joey, thank you so much for uh, handling that interview because I knew I couldn't be able to get through it with all the fucking. Heavy breathing and shit. I gotta fucking do. Yeah, no problem. Real brutal. Yeah, uh, for me. Yeah, but uh, since uh, we already got you talking and everything, why don't we keep uh, keep you going vocally and uh, announce our second ever Value Star Award? Yeah, absolutely. So 
this month I uh, I had some trouble. No one, none of you all suggested anything to me on Twitter or Facebook, so I had to <laughs> try to find all. something myself, and uh, I couldn't find anybody easily. So I'm giving it to our first international winner, uh, Neil Gaiman, the famed British author of American Gods. Uh, the it, it's a great story. It's a story about a, a guy who finds out that uh, gods, small g gods, exist and walk among us, and um, sort of the experience he has uh, learning about that that other world of of beings of of power like that. And uh, it's really good. It's a really great story. I'm totally. I'm very much underselling it. Um, I really enjoyed it. I just read it this week. Uh, there's a if you don't like to read, uh, Stars has a a version out. Um, though they're playing, I believe episode three, no episode four tonight as we're recording this. So by the time you listeners hear this, episode four will have been out for a week. Um, probably find it anywhere you pirate things, if that's the type of person you are. Um, <laughs> And it's really good, and it and it follows the book, damn near perfectly. Po- and, and actually, I would argue, uh, in, in some cases, it is better than the book, which is not a thing that I, pretty much ever say. So, I don't think I've ever heard you say that. It's it. I don't think it's ever happened. <laughs> so, um, book is great. TV show is, is even better. So t- check it out, American Gods. And Neil Gaiman is an excellent author. Uh, he writes lots of other books as well. Um, but I just feel like uh, he's a rising star right now. And and in a world mm-hmm. where they're, they're actually doing justice to uh, some of my favorite books by turning them into TV shows that don't suck, um, right now I feel like he's the one best following his star. So, yeah. Nice. Congratulations. Thanks. No, that's you. Oh. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like, well, thanks for congratulating me on picking that pick because I felt really bad about it. <laughs> yeah. No. Good job, Joey, on finding another person who deserves the award. Thanks. And congratulations to our second ever, technically third ever recipient of the Fire Star Award. Um,. Joey will make sure to put something up on Facebook as a uh, commemorative post. Yep. Saturday we'll release the show, so Joey put that up on Facebook, so that'll be awesome. And uh, we'll we'll pick someone else next month, and we'll continue to do this. And we hope that maybe in the future we get our listeners involved in recommending or uh, nominating people for this award, so we don't have to pick people ourselves. We can pick people that you guys feel deserve the award. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'd like yeah. to. I'd like to hear from you, listeners. I like to hear from them too. I mean, we we don't get a lot of feedback from people, and it, it bugs me because I mean, like, we want to do this for them, but they don't want to get involved in it. I know. Goofy. It's I know. Goofy. I know. You all want to hear what we think, but sometimes we want to hear what you think. Absolutely. Oh shit! 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 It definitely is right. Like marriage. <laughs> Oh shit, Colin, you ready? A four. 
Are you ready for your freaking state of mind? I am. I am. <laughs> Take it away, brother. I guess I'll kick that off then. Um, welcome back, everyone, to another segment of this freaking state of mind, um, where we learn about little about each state. Um, we're making our way through the states. We started with A, and currently we've made our way to N. Um, last week, as you recall, uh, we learned a little bit about Nevada. This week, we're moving into the good old state of New Hampshire. <laughs> so let's not uh, hold back any longer, and we'll get right down to it. Um, New Hampshire, of the original 13 counties, was the first to declare its independence from Mother England a full six months before the Declaration of Independence was signed. Uh, the highest wind speed recorded at ground level is at Mount Washington on April 12, 1934. The winds were three times as fast as those in most hurricanes. Oh, so, wow. damn, that, that's windy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, New Hampshire is the only state that ever played host at the formal conclusion of a foreign war, in 1905, Portsmouth was the scene of the treaty ending the Russo-Japanese War. Uh, the huh. first potato... Yeah? That's just fascinating uh, to me. Yeah. Uh, the first potato planted in the U.S. was at Londonderry uh, Common Field in 1719. See, it's it's things like that that interest me. How do they know it's the first potato planted in the U.S.? Who knows? <laughs> they, they, they call it dibs. <laughs> dibs. Dibs. <laughs> first potato, dibs. <laughs> nice. It works, it works with potato planting and auctions. Dibs. <laughs> uh, in the town of Warner, the last passenger train stopped on November 4th of 1955, the last freight train stopped in 1961. Since then, the tracks through the town have been torn up and sold as scrap iron. Cornish oh, wow. Hill Pottery Company. What was that? Oh, wow. I mean, yeah. I bet that was Carl. <laughs> mm. Uh. Cornish Hill Pottery Company handcrafts functional stoneware decorated in the traditions of early American and European potters with a method known as slip trailing. The slip is a creamy mixture of clay and water and is applied to moist, to moist, moist, almost hardened pots by hand. The slip contains various colorants, including natural clay colors and metals. New Hampshire's present constitution was adopted in 1784. It is the second oldest in the country. On December 30th of 1828, about 400 mill girls walked out of the Dover Cotton Factory, enacting the woman's first the first woman's strike in the US. The Dover Mill girls were forced to give in when the mill owners immediately began advertisement for replacement workers. Uh, 
The Mount Washington Auto Road at Great Glen is New Hampshire's oldest man-made tourist attraction. Uh, Daniel Webster was a politician and statesman. Born at Franklin in 1782, he was known in his day as a mighty orator, uh, a reputation preserved in the Stephen Vincent Bennett story, The Devil. And Daniel Webster, in which, oh, The Devil and Daniel Webster, in which he beats the original lawyer, Lucifer, in a contract case over a man's soul. Huh. Yeah. Uh, New Hampshire State House is the oldest state capital in which a legislature still meets in its original chambers. Wow. Alexand- yeah. Alexandria was the first birthplace or was the birthplace of Luther C. Ladd, the first enlisted soldier to lose his life in the Civil War. Dover was settled in 1623 and is the oldest permanent settlement in New Hampshire. The quintessential New England community of Wolfsboro is also known as the oldest summer resort in America. Augustus St. Gaudens from Cornish was the first sculpture to design an American coin. His commission became fraught with difficulties related to the to St. Gaudens' desire for high relief relative uh, to the demands of mass production and use. Uh, the American Stonehenge is a 4,000-year-old megalithic stone structure, oh, stone-constructed, site located on Mystery Hill in Salem and presently serves as a leisurely educational tour for the whole family. Uh, the Memorial Bell Tower at Cathedral of the Pines in Rindage has four brown base reliefs designed by Norman Rockwell. The bell tower is specifically dedicated to women military and civilian who died serving their country. The Bavarian style hamlet of Merrimack is home to the famous eight horse hitch and the Clydesdale maintained by the Anheuser-Busch brewery. Hmm. Uh, Cannon Errol aerial tramway is the first aerial passenger tramway in North America. It was built in 1938 at Franconian Notch. The Krista McAuffle Planetarium in Concord is a state-of-the-art planetarium dedicated to the memoria, to the memory of a new New Hampshire teacher, Christia McAuffle. McAuffle. I, I don't know how to pronounce her name, so I'm sorry, people. Um... But anywho, uh, she was one that died in the explosion of the space shuttle, the Challenger. Wow. Yep. New Hampshire has 10 counties, 13 municipalities, 
221 towns and 22 unincorporated places. Uh, the good old song, Mary Had a Little Lamb, was wrote by author Sarah Josephia Hale, who was an author and a journalist. Um, and she wrote the Mary Had a Little Lamb in the 1830s. And it's from Newport, New Hampshire. I didn't realize that song was so young. <laughs> the 1830s? Yeah, I thought it was much older than that for some reason. I never really thought about the age of that song. But to me, I would have thought like in the 1900s at least. Huh. <laughs> Crazy. Yep. The Belknap Mill built at... Laconia in 1823 is the oldest unaltered brick knitting mill in America. Uh, the Blue Ghost of Wolfsboro is the U.S. mailboat for Lake Winnipesky. Uh, it makes a daily 60-mile loop delivering mail to 30 stops at camps and islands around the lake. <laughs> Here's a funny one. At Stony Stonyfield Farm in Londonderry, you can learn how yogurt is made from cow to incubator to cooler. They give away samples, and you can also buy some moochandise. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> yes. Uh, New Hampshire did not officially adopt the state flag until 1909. Prior to that, New Hampshire had numerous regimental flags to represent the state. The present flag is has only been changed once in 1931 when the state seal was modified. Uh, the USS Albacore was a prototype submarine built at the Portsmouth Naval Shipyard and commissioned in 1953. At the time, she was the fastest submarine ever designed. Wow. Yeah. Uh, the granite profile, Old Man of the Mountain, is one of the most famous national landmarks in the state. The old man's head measures 40 feet from chin to forehead and is made up of five ledges. Uh, nature carved this profile thousands of years ago. The natural sculpture is 1,200 feet above Echo Lake. It takes approximately 40 gallons of sap to make approximately one gallon of maple syrup. Hmm. Wallace D. Lovell built the Hampton River Bridge in 1900 called the Mile Long Bridge. It's, it was reputed to be the longest wooden bridge in the world. New Hampshire has changeable climate with wide variation in daily and seasonal temperatures. The variations are affected by proximity to the ocean, mountains, lakes, or rivers. The state enjoys all four seasons. Summers are short and cool. Winters are long and cold. Fall is glorious with foliage. And <laughs> the weather stations at Mount Washington has recorded some of the coldest temperatures and strongest winds in the continental U.S., and then for our last fact, Newcastle, New Hampshire is the smallest town in New Hampshire 
It covers 0.8 square miles or 512 acres. The town is composed of one large island and several smaller islands and serves as a scenic residential and recreational community. And thank you all for joining me in another uh, segment of this freaking state of mind. Come back next week and we will move right on. Going back to you, Travis. Well, thank you, Colin. Jeez. I think that's it, right? Kind of got to the end of our show here. I suppose. I guess. uh, Hey, Joe. Yeah. What you freaking on this week? I finally finished Samurai Jack. And in some ways, Samurai Jack finally finished me. <laughs> mm. Phrasing. No, uh, yeah. the, the very... <laughs> yeah. Uh, it kind of uh, sounded like a very extended rape. <laughs> I'd be totally consensual with Samurai Jack. He's <laughs> an honorable dude. Did he yell surprise? No. No. I don't know if you noticed or not, but it's not rape if you yell surprise. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> um, no, but the uh, the series finally ended after uh, there was a 15-year hiatus. It mm-hmm. was one of my favorite shows as a kid growing up, and uh, there were four seasons. They just finished the fifth season, and um, it was a very bittersweet ending, and um, it's not everything I wanted it to be, but it was very satisfying and uh, really good. So I'm I'm pleased with it overall. Okay, so so you just finished up the newest season they just released. Yes, and it's also the they're allegedly never making any more Samurai Jack. It's the end of Samurai Jack officially. Okay. So, which is what I mean by it finished me. It it ended. It's there's no more yeah, Samurai it... Jack. It doesn't it's doesn't sound doesn't, it doesn't sound, sound any right. better. It doesn't sound no, right at all. No. But no, even with that small defense in there, no, that's still not a proper uh, statement there. No, it works better not in English. <laughs> <laughs> I gotcha. Uh, but yeah, so it, it was good, and I, I was pleased with it. And to Jack. Uh, I'm glad you uh, did that thing you did, lest I release spoilers. <laughs> so, of course, by yeah. the time it's out, it'll be it'll have been a week, and I don't believe in spoilers after that. So, yeah, as you shouldn't. Nope. <laughs> anyway, Travis, what are you uh, freaking on this week? Ah, uh, well, I turned 28 on Friday, nice. so uh, that's a. Uh, it's a big milestone, a boring milestone, really, because it's no exciting birthday whatsoever. Um, and then uh, little little sister Ashley graduates high school. That's crazy she to is, me. She, yeah, she's she's the last of the group. Yeah. So, wow. That's it. And every everyone's officially graduated out of high school, and you know now. Uh, Mom and Carl could plan that uh, 
fucking long extended moving to Florida plan that they've been saying for the last 15 fucking years. <laughs> <laughs> so, but now it's very exciting. So, yeah, I get to watch Ashley uh, graduate from the same high school that uh, I did 10 years ago. Well, me, Colin, and Derek did 10 years ago. And uh, it was weird because I actually saw on Facebook probably for the first time. One second. I had to cough, I had to mute. Um, for the first time this year, I actually saw somebody question our high school reunion for this year. And apparently they are putting it together. Nice. Are they? Yeah. Uh, I guess Amanda just posted on her Facebook asking, you know, if anyone's doing anything with it. And I guess Laura Teesfelt told her that Renee Oliver and somebody else, I can't remember, maybe Sam O'Brien or some shit, are working on putting it together. So, we are going to have a high school reunion this year. Don't know what it's going to be about. It's probably going to end up being a throwback. Your game on, technically. Oh, God. I know, right? I won't go if it is. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you can just go any weekend, and it's just a reunion there anyways. But <laughs> that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, that's awesome. I'm, yeah, I'm also trying to catch up on some of these uh, movies that everyone keeps telling me to watch. Like, I watched The Princess Bride. Yeah. And? So, uh it was good. I'm not, not going to call. I'm not going to call it a cult classic. I'm not going to say it's one of the greatest movies in the world. That's but fine. it was good. That's fine. It's good yeah. as well. I'll take that because we really yeah. talked it up. So, yeah, it, it 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 is a good movie. Um, I started watching Blazing Saddles. Oh, nice. Uh, I, fell, I fell asleep. Fair. Yeah, um, I don't. One. Is that the first time you've ever seen it? Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't think I fell asleep because it was boring. I think I fell asleep. Because of the medication. So, mm-hmm. so I'm going to wait till I feel a little bit better and I don't have to take medicine and I'm going to try to watch it again. Um, it does look funny. I didn't realize it was a racist movie. <laughs> and it literally says in the description on the Netflix, racist town. And I'm like, what do they mean by racist? And like literally within the first five minutes, you get an idea. <laughs> yep. So, yeah. but, uh, but from from the beginning that I did see and like little towards like not so much the end. I say it looks like a funny movie. I just I couldn't stay awake because of the meds and everything. I just fell asleep. So I'm gonna give it another shot and see how that goes. I'm just gonna start uh, you know just pulling these movies that people keep recommending and shit. Just kind of get an idea of you know what's everyone talking about because I mean like when we talked about um, Gene Wilder, the only movie I saw about Gene Wilder was Willy Wonka. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't see Young Frankenstein. Or blazing sounds or anything like that, you know. So I wanna, I wanna, you know, check these movies that everyone keep fucking creaming themselves over, saying that <laughs> they're like, you know, the end, the end all to be all of movies. <laughs> so I'm gonna do that too. Nice. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm gonna get fucked up on Saturday, so that's gonna be awesome. I'll put, uh, I'll probably put that on Facebook Live, find some Snapchat, maybe Instagram and shit like that. So uh, our followers could uh, be prepared for that moment because, like I said, I got two gallons of Bacardi uh, Silver that I'm going to destroy. Nice. That's going to be awesome. So if you guys are in the area, stop on over because we're going to drink and do some bonfiring. Okay. Joe, you'll be in Connecticut. I will be. We'll be. Not for much longer, though. I know. Three more weeks. Yep. Two, really. (laughs) Two. And then when you come into town, we could – Go get a burger and beer. I am all about that. Yeah, if we go on Monday or Wednesday, we get for nine ninety nine. That's true. Oh, it went up. Did it? You just said nine ninety nine. I thought it was seven ninety nine. 
Maybe it's not six ninety nine. Six ninety nine. Could be six ninety nine because I did I did give it an extra dollar once. <laughs> I don't remember. I I got too much meds in me, man. <laughs> I don't know. Is it burger and beer for six? I don't know. Oh my god, that's fucking horrible. We should, oh, we people dropping the ball. Go and find out. We do. We do need to go and find out. Um, they have. Uh, they do have a band. Uh, Ripley Street is coming back there and everything. Oh yeah, so I got that list of bands and everything. They do have a band coming out. Uh, well, it's gonna be on my birthday. It's gonna be a day after this comes out. But Ripley Street's kind of supposed to be back in the summer, which is my favorite uh, local band. So I'm really excited for that. Um, but yeah, uh, we're gonna be every Monday, Wednesday. I think it is six ninety nine. God, sweet. We suck. We suck. <laughs> uh, Colin, save us. What are you freaking on? I'm freaking on. That I just went down to a awesome wedding this weekend. Um, had a lot of fun. Uh, got to see my good friend Derek <laughs> uh, one night, and then uh, yeah, got to uh, went to an amazing wedding. So. That's what I'm. I love yeah. I love a good wedding. Oh, it's it's it was great. A lot of fun. They had some of the best mashed potatoes ever. Nice. Yeah. That's good, man. That's good. How about uh, you, Travis? What are you freaking out? Well, my birthday's Friday, and. uh Ashley's graduating from high school. Um, I finally watched uh, Princess Bride. It was, it was so bad. everything you just said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good well, story. fine. Well, Joe, Joey, how about Joe? you? I started. <laughs> Samurai oh, really Jack is really like... good. <laughs> wow. Yeah, you're the last one, Colin. Wow, I'm just spaced, I guess. Oh. I'm sorry. That's that's what we that's what we get for while doing these on Sunday night. Yep, it is seven ninety nine. <laughs> I just went to their Facebook. All right, so it's burger and beer for seven ninety nine. Oh, actually, I think it did go up a dollar, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Still, oh, shit, it's still it's still a good price. It's still though. cheaper than a beer in Chicago. That's right. Yes, absolutely. So now we definitely gotta hit those up and everything. I'm still bummed about them not having breakfast, but it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll have to do another uh, on-location, like, lunch uh, show or something. I'll do that. Yep. Perfect. Awesome. Well, let me get my uh, get my Will Rogers quote here, and then we can say goodbye to everybody. Yeah. Oh, you know, before, before I do this, hey, Joe. Yeah. Every week our listeners can catch Geekcast show here on this freaking show. But if one hour a week isn't enough for our listeners, where else can a uh, Geekcast show at? If you need more GeekCast Joe, you can find me over the GeekCast Live podcast at gcl.ninja. You can also find us on Facebook, iTunes, Google Play, and Twitter by searching GeekCast Live. Nice. Ladies and gentlemen, as we mention every week, we would love for you to get more involved in our show, whether that be going on social media and 
um, asking us questions that you would love for us to answer on the show, uh, commenting on what we have done on the show, any concerns, anything that you like, don't like, we'd love to hear about it. Uh, you could email us at thisfreakingshowyahoo.com if you have any requests. If you want to be on the show, if you're a comic book creator, a story writer, a movie producer, an actor, an artist, a cosplayer, a zombie expert. And we, we've had a lot of different people on this show, and we would love to talk to you. So if you're interested, just go to uh, thisfreakingshowyahoo.com. Go on Twitter and Facebook. Send us a message or a post. I mean, we'll find you, and we'll contact you, because we love meeting new people, and we love having people come on. Um. And, you know, while you're on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, just search us and follow us because we love to see how many people do enjoy uh, following us on social media. Um, okay. I think that's all I got. Cool. So let me quote Will Rogers here before we say our goodbyes. Um, mm. <laughs> mm. Yeah. A lot of these are repeats. I think I might be getting towards the end of them. Uh, da 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 da. See, there's something good. We'll show the world we are prosperous, even if we have to go broke to do it. Nice. I like yeah. Because it's true. As always, I am Travis T. I'm Awkward Colin. And I'm Geek Cast Joe. Thank you for listening to another episode of this freaking show. I'm out. <laughs>